0: Fox Valley Voice. Welcome to episode four of the Fox River Arts Podcast. My name is Jaime Gutierrez. Thank you for joining us once again. ...in our series of conversations with artists and organizations participating in this year's Fox River Arts Ramble. Typically, uh, up till now, I have featured one conversation with one artist. But guess what, folks? The Ramble is this weekend, April 13 and 14, Saturday and Sunday. I do have several conversations that I still have to share with you before this weekend, so I'm going to have to do more than one conversation per episode so that we have enough time to share these with you. And uh, we are going to start in downtown Aurora, walking along the Fox River. Past the dam. the stairs and to the door of Cheryl Holtz. Hi. Hey. Hi me? Yes, Come Cheryl. On in. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet
1: you. You too. You too. Thanks for coming out.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I didn't clean for you, I just uh, <laughs> let you see it as is, so um, I know sometimes it looks overwhelming and sometimes it is, but I love to make big mess. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it seems to me like that's an important part of the artistic process, isn't it? It
1: is for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Tell me a little bit about where we're at right now.
1: Uh, we are in downtown Aurora. Uh, we overlook the Fox River. Uh, I love my view of the river. I upgraded a couple years ago from the view of the alley to the river. And I totally enjoy seeing what birds come through and flock and fly. So, yeah, let's... That's where we are, Um, uh, Aurora Downtown is happening. First Fridays are like now a huge thing. I mean, a lot of times there's between 10 and 20 venues and so we're smack dab in the middle of that. So we try and take advantage of that and putting the ramble on the map with it too.
0: Absolutely. So, um, can we start with a quick tour of your space?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Okay, without visuals, it's going to be hard, but... Um, um,
0: yes, we're going to have to translate it into okay. words that, for... That's
1: your, that's your job. <laughs>
0: we just need to get people interested enough to come and visit you. Sure. How about that?
1: Sure, Well, most of the people who like my work um, have some kind of... Uh, are vested in nature in one way or the other. And so this is what I call my collection wall, and this is where a lot of those people end up. <laughs> so um, I've got rocks and... And fossils over here seashells s- s- sorted into whelks or scallops or sand dollars um, over here I've got leaves dried and pressed according to color I have dead dragonflies and butterflies and other things that people now start to bring me <laughs> now that they know I do this um, feathers as you can see pine needles dollar plants anyhow sand
0: Okay. <laughs> this this has a bit of a uh, natural <laughs> museum feel to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: natural history feel. I, I love that. I think that's. I would love to. Yeah, just be able to rummage around in the basement of the natural history museum. Yeah. So they yeah. do
0: like sleepovers sometimes, don't they, down there, yeah. or cool stuff like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. I know. I haven't. I haven't done one, but it's it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyhow, this is where I try and organize as much as I can um, things that I incorporate into my work in one format or another. This is the like technology area. Um, it's a necessary evil (laughs) Um, although I do I do enjoy um, trying to figure out uh, like for example I take a picture of uh, a tree on my morning walk thanks to the Technology Center I can put that directly into my work that afternoon and I really enjoy that kind of immediacy and being able to bring the outdoors in Okay. So,
0: um, and you've got some of your work here up on the wall. Yeah. Actually, a lot of work on the wall, but um, right above the technology center here, we've yeah. got... I tra-
1: this is usually a cleaner area. That's the technology. So I hang finished work over here. And then obviously for special events like the Ramble, um, I will have the larger wall all hung with finished work as well. But right now it's kind of uh, in, a, in a transitory state. <laughs> so, okay. but yeah, a lot of work So
0: up here. we've got some pieces up here now... Is this encaustic or w- what is that? It looks
1: like I kinda... I call myself kind of like an ADHD artist as far as processes and materials. I love to add something new to my arsenal. The thing that ties it all together is nature and natural patterns. But when I figure out a new way to do that, um, I just kind of fold it in and I like to think it still looks like my work but um, I get kind of an influx of energy from figuring out a new way to do it. So, yes, there is definitely encaustic in here. One of the things that I loved about encaustic is, A, it's a fluid medium which then I can kind of recreate things that happen, um, you know, in a river or, um, a flood or anything like that. But the other thing that I just loved about it is it can encase natural materials instantly and preserve them. So for example, um, I press leaves for several weeks to a year and then I adhere them. I weight them down with sandbags. Then when they're dry, I seal them and that takes, that can take like up to a week for that process. I can, put it down in an encaustic piece, cover it up, and it's sealed. So anyhow that that's just an example of how, you know, sometimes the technical aspects of it work as well too. Like here, this is um, prairie grasses that are embedded into into the wax. I use feathers, anyhow. I use a little bit of everything, but a lot of it um, mixed media. This piece started out with just like kind of paint experiments that um, initially I was trying to make it work as a vertical piece and it just wasn't working, and I turned it sideways and kind of made it a background for an assemblage of all these different aspects of my collection. So it's called natural collection selection.
0: <laughs> and we've got stones and we've got butterflies and eggs and a nest. And shells, it's a little bit of everything in there.
1: Bracket fungus, yeah.
0: Okay, sure. (laughs) This piece, I feel, would work really well above someone's mantle.
1: Yeah, yeah, Right. absolutely. In a cabin, ideally. (laughs) Or somewhere in the woods, yeah.
0: yeah, If you have a mantle in a cabin in the woods, please come (laughs) visit Cheryl.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right,
0: we've got a library over here.
1: Uh, yeah, I try try to limit myself to one bookshelf and it's uh, kind of overflowing, but, uh, yeah. And then over here we've got, um, I, when I started doing encaustic, um, I did not want to, uh, start a fire. (laughs) So I kind of created this, it's all ceramic, uh, tabletops so that it's fire resistant I can put a hot tool on it I can scrape off the wax when I'm done um, and then I also had to set it up because uh, ventilation is an issue and so um, I'm venting it outside and also gives me a great view of the river while I walk.
0: I'm i looking yeah. at the, uh, the the spillway here the dam mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: and uh, I imagine do you get to open these windows at all when it's nice outside
1: yeah yeah yeah, not today. It's
0: <laughs> still a little chilly today.
1: Yeah, a little chilly, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes, I do
0: that all the time. All right. Yeah. What else Let's we see, got going on have, over uh, here?
1: Paint cart. That just kind of moves. That my paint cart moves around with me. Um, I have various stations set up. Over here is a station that I use for um, inks and collage. I have um, sorted. All different types of papers um, different kind of categories because um, if you collage you collect <laughs> you collect a lot yeah I do I do um, th- these two tables can be a little bit of everything they um, underneath here I have uh, set up for silk screening and so I pull it out and I can set that up here or you know take it down if I'm doing something else I've got all my paint stored over there by the type and the color I try and be organized, but you know, anyhow, once I get going, it all starts flying. Yeah,
0: you know, I was actually going to, to mention that I, even though to the uh, to the lay person walking in here, they might think that this studio is um, a bit messy. It is, but um, I there is a high level of organization going yeah. on here.
1: Yeah, I'm a little OCD about my organization. <laughs> yeah, so once it gets going, I just start throwing things. But, you know, I usually work till I can't anymore, and then I come in in the morning and just spend, you know, probably half hour just returning some things to someone's sort of order. So when you go and you're like, oh, my God, I need that purple, you know, paint, you know where it is. So that's the goal, at least. So oh. here's my portable sink. Uh, we all share all, we've got five studios up here, and we all share one um, bathroom and water source at the end. So I kind of put it on rolling cards so i don't have to run it down mm-hmm. a million times um, there's my couch which basically is the dog bed <laughs> and this is uh, a drying rack that um, right now is filled with a lot of boxes of natural <laughs> things right now and just a couple levels used for for actual drying um, back here is uh, it's kind of my, my wood shop and, and catch-all of everything, so I do build um, a lot of my own stuff. Um, I used to build the panels from scratch. Now you can buy them, so that's, that's something that I'm happy to farm out. But I do a lot of... Uh, working back into it so I might cut in a little square build a niche for a a specimen that you know needs a perfect home Um, or when I do assemblages I have to figure out the engineering of how am I going to make these all stay together the way I want them to and right now um, huge pile of papers that I'm (laughs) sorting through and then uh, keep going
0: all right (laughs) we're heading further back into the studio
1: this is this is the scary back room but uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's always there always has to be a scary back room
1: so it's it's kind of hard to organize uh bark and logs and sticks and you know a little bit of wood but um in the middle of the winter i can't necessarily run out and grab what i need and so um yeah so i have a, a collection of this type of stuff to pull and work from and then you know a wall of bubble and panels and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah, I started out in a garage, and there's no way I could move back into a garage now. Oh. So, yeah.
0: It seems like you have just about everything you need in this in your space here.
1: Pretty much, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: When did you first realize that you wanted to uh, to create art?
1: Uh, I always, I always made stuff from the get-go. So it was, it was. That was never a question for me. The question was, how do I make a living from that? And um, my parents posed that to me and I didn't really have a good answer. Um, So I went into art education, because I I enjoy academics as well. Um, So I got my undergrad in art education from Northern, and then um, didn't last long in the public schools. I enjoyed the kids, but not all the political (laughs) stuff that happens uh, behind the scenes. So um, quit my job, moved to California. Started making art and uh, realized that how much I didn't know, and so I started working on the deficiencies to go back and get my MFA. And I ended up back at Northern, which they don't recommend, but they gave me a, a full ride—you uh, know, a teaching scholarship. So. That's where I ended up who who
0: doesn't head? recommend going to Northern? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Oh, oh as far as um, yeah. they recommend you not getting your master's the same place that you got your undergrad. Oh. Yeah, that's what yeah. I
0: meant. No, no. no to make yeah, sure that yeah. your your skills might be a little more uh, diverse, diverse fighter. Or...
1: Right, right. But I had a different major, you know, in undergrad than I did. So yeah. basically, I I just wanted a couple of years to focus on my work, and nobody's going to give you a grant to do that. <laughs> so I went and studied. I initially went into grad school thinking okay i could teach at the college level that would be a lot of fun and i just when i got out i started doing some freelance teaching just so i could do work and you know teach and i found you know my niche with teaching kids and my classes backed up and i had waiting lists and um it was fun it's exhausting because i would do it on site like I'd, I'd love to do like art in the park but i mean i did paper making and fiber and ceramics and all that involves, you know, a couple ton of <laughs> materials to log on site. It was a lot of fun, but basically that caught, caught on, and then I was finding I had less and less time for my work, and um, actually a friend... <laughs> proposed a challenge to me. She said, you're trying to be a doctor and a dentist. You need to pick one. And at first I was offended because I said, I'm a really good teacher. I'm a good artist as well. And I do think you can do both, but it just kind of put that, you know, something in my bonnet went, all right. And so for two years, I didn't do much art. I just took every teaching gig I could, kind of stockpiled money, and then uh, proposed to my husband uh, that I give it a then i give it a whirl, you know, and uh, he's been awesome. He said, absolutely, you know, it might take longer than that. And uh, so in 1999, I quit teaching and never looked back. And uh, I moved in uh, to a smaller space across the hall here in 99. So it'll be about 20 years that I've been in this building. Yeah. So. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you.
0: You've got some pretty good neighbors up here, I imagine, as well.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, David Hedinger is down the hall, and so he was here uh, a little bit before I was. Um, we've got Anne Von Eyre, um across the hall. She does oil and cold wax. Um, we've got Rafael Rocha, which is another NIU alum, and he's still figuring things out, I think, but at the at the current time, he's working a lot with plaster and body casting, or at least that's the last I've seen of, of his work. And then Tara Ganacchio, we call her new, although she's been here, I think, over two years. <laughs> she hasn't been here 20, but um, Carries some some awesome uh, work, and she's um, a couple years out of Northern as well, so um, she's working on building up her body of work.
0: Where do you find your uh, your clients, your patrons? Where Where do you typically Good get... Good
1: question. Wherever I can get them. <laughs> no, um, and the thing is that that seems to change, you know? It's, it's like a moving target all the time. Um, I did... I never wanted to do, but I kind of got, um, I was in an artist support group, which I highly recommend making one if you don't have one, and um, they encouraged me to, to do a, a fair, a show, and they let me everything, because I didn't have any display and everything, and I made, I made like $1,500, and I went, oh, well, maybe there's something to this. So anyhow, I kind of got sucked in, and so I did a lot of fairs for a couple years, I got into the number one and two shows in the nation. I traveled to Sausalito, I traveled to Colorado, but it's, it's, it's hard work. A lot of people don't realize, you know, when they go to a fair, they think that, you know, they supplied the tent and set it up for you. And, you know, you just kind of moved in and it's, you know, it can be grueling setting up in hundred degree weather or, you know, 20, 30 mile an hour winds or whatever. Anyhow, um, that, and then, you know, um, the small recession we had kind of you know put a damper on that and I just kind of started to shift gears and so I started working with a corporate art consultant and so um, I have a lot of work placed in like health environments like hospitals and and then um, one found me and uh, she had me doing all these commissions so basically a commission is a custom piece of artwork so um, it was for a Franciscan Children's Hospital it was a huge um, huge job took like at least a year if not longer and um the franciscans like me because st francis is the patron saint of you know animals and nature and all things so i'm a good fit for them and so um, i made a different piece for each level of the children's hospital and it was a totally different like i don't normally make stuff that's geared towards kids work but again this consultant talked me into it somehow and anyhow you always learn something I ended up making them a little more sculptural which required me to figure out a way to do that and have it be sturdy enough that a little kid you know coming up and picking at it you know is not gonna destroy it so anyhow so I did um, a lot of you know corporate consulting and commissions that way I still do quite a few commissions Um, actually the mural on the back of the building was commissioned by my landlord Kim Granholm um, Who is president of downtown Aurora, and she said, "Let's do this. Let's kick this off." She, however, wanted to use her newest technology, so she keeps evolving with her print company, and so that that was a challenge um, because the back of the building has <laughs> fire escape vents, dumpsters, um, lights. You know, it's where everything comes to die in the back. <laughs> you know, plumbing, electrical, all that type of thing. So I was trying to figure out how to. How can I make that beautiful? And um, so it's actually not finished. We are going to um, the second kind of phase of it will be large panels um, that will cover up a lot of the like grid of pipes and that type of thing. But um, but the but the initial layer that's up there now is what she printed on vinyl and attached
0: it to the building. Kim has to be a pretty cool uh, person to have on your team, okay. right? Awesome. She's Absolutely. very supportive of. Uh, the arts and and a lot of the activities going on down here
1: yeah yeah when we we had um we had a big party actually last year for um the first the inaugural ramble we did the mural unveiling that day and um i I had a little talk and i said you know i'm not gonna i i am thankful obviously for her commissioning me to do this but what i'm more thankful for is her providing affordable studio space because i couldn't I I couldn't do the large commissions that I've done. I couldn't do half the things that I do without a space, a committed, dedicated space that's large enough to let me work, you know, 30 feet long if I need to or, you know, whatever the commission calls for. And she could be charging a lot more. A lot of places downtown do, but a lot of them are half empty as well. So um, we we really appreciate the fact that, you know, she uh, basically supports the arts that way. But she's been awesome. And before her, um, Bob and Joyce Ruland were um, owned the building, and Joyce was an artist. And so she said to her husband Bob, like, "Hey." <laughs> so we we gradually uh, kicked out all the insurance offices, and you know, and created them. So. Um, when I moved in across the hall, it was an insurance office. I had knocked down walls, built a drying rack. Then when I came over here, this large area had at least eight cubby holes. And I said, no, 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 no. So I keep moving into these uh, office spaces. and uh...
0: Nothing good ever comes out of a cubicle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I said, I feel like a mouse in a maze. I need to, I can't. <laughs> I, I couldn't knock down the uh, the supporting wall, though. But it has a beautiful arch, so I was I was good with that. <laughs>
0: So quickly we're going to wrap up here okay. and let you get back to your work. You have any short term goals uh that you know anything different that you're wanting to try here in the near future
1: uh yes actually um business wise i'm pursuing licensing so that's a that's a different thing for me i've had um like uh, print publishers before but um so i'm I'm looking into having my work put on any number of products so but that that involves a lot of screen time, which <laughs> painful but you know but is is it necessary so that's kind of what I'm working towards and then of course you know hosting an event is a lot of work but you know we're excited about the ramble and I usually try and do something fun there I think I might have an artist corner because I know a lot of artists you know visit as well and I might be selling off a lot of my art supplies that are aren't being used and you know Mm -hmm. so it'll just freeze me up some space to collect something else (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing your space and your story with me today. And I am going to encourage everyone to come and take a look at your beautiful studio during the Fox River Arts Ramble and uh, keep creating.
1: I will. I will.
0: If you'd like to find Cheryl online,
1: website is www.sherylholtz.com. And that's C H E R Y L H O L Z.com. Uh, Holtz Fine Art on Facebook and at Cheryl Holtz on Instagram.
0: And if you'd like to find Cheryl in real life.
1: Okay, 50 East Galena, um, which basically everyone's familiar with the Paramount Theater in downtown Aurora. We are kitty corner from that right on the Fox River
0: next up i go on another studio tour in aurora this time i visit the home of maureen gasek
2: i'm maureen Gassack. Um i'm a fine artist i do contemporary abstracts that's my forte um, my work has spanned from jewelry design to graphic design to clay work <laughs> to painting and painting's my passion
0: Hey, oh, I see lots of...
2: This is my teaching s- studio.
0: Your teaching studio? Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I have students come once a week here and uh, create and explore. And they work at all different uh, levels uh, on different types of projects. So it's basically open studio. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And different uh, materials, different mediums?
2: Yeah, a lot of mixed media, a lot of painting. Um, I'm working with a, a woman right now that does sculpture, and clay, and I'm actually, she's going to be doing, I think they call it a, a hard a hard, hard surface or something like that where they're actually painting the clay or staining the clay instead of actually glazing it. Mm. So they bring it up to a full full fire and then putting color and that and work in there. So she's learning actually how to paint on clay. Mm. So I'm working with her on that.
0: If we were to go back in time to your development, early development, when did you first realize that you were going to be creating art?
2: Um, I sold my first piece in first grade for 25 cents. (laughs) It was actually a collage of my hands. Um, But then going back, you kind of, as you get older, you kind of rediscover like your childhood and really when it started. And I believe that saying, I could dig a hole to China. So I used to dig holes in my backyard, but I hit this wonderful clay bed. And so I found that if I rolled up the clay into balls or into like cylinders, I could use that as chalk on my sidewalk. Mm. So my sidewalk was my first palette. I grew up out in the country, so.
0: And where was that?
2: Um, I grew up in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Okay. So I'm a cheese head.
0: <laughs> I like cheese. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and beer too, they have beer there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, I was actually a beer taster in Wisconsin for a while. <laughs>
0: Like a professional beer taster? Yeah, I was on a... Because I'm a beer taster, but I didn't. I don't get <laughs> yeah. paid for it.
2: I was a pan, on a panel of six. So we didn't get paid. We just get to taste it and <laughs> critique them. <laughs> it was fun.
0: <laughs> so then how about school? Did you take advantage of art classes in school?
2: Yeah, um, I was the creative kid. I was the questioner. So the explorer, the questioner. Um, I took as much art as I could. Um, when I was in high school, my study halls were in the art room. I got permission because my grades were, were well, and I got permission to do all my study halls in the art room. So. And then I wanted to pursue a career in fashion, actually. That's how I started. And I was accepted to the Institute in New York on a probationary period. But I was paying for it, and I figured, well, if I don't quite make it, that's a lot of money to spend for a year. And so I decided to go to a university in Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah,
0: And what was your major there?
2: Um, I actually started in fashion, decided I didn't like it. <laughs> and then I went into graphics and then graphic design So, and then fine arts. So I graduated with a BS in science in graphics, but I had about 30 credits extra in fine arts. So I took a lot of art.
0: So once you were out of school, what was your first professional job where you could create
2: art um i actually was a graphic designer i started with a print company um i was one of those people because i was the questioner i decided i couldn't call myself a graphic designer until i actually had experience so i worked in the print industry i worked as a cartographer for a while um i've done a lot of different
0: cartographer
2: yeah i drew maps Nice. yeah so i worked for an environmental consulting firm and did mapping and ortho views and yeah, yeah lots of things for um uh Courtroom cases, as well as studies. So, and all that was done on board, all that was done by hand. So we actually, that's kind of when, um, CAD and that started to come out. Okay. So but
0: pre-GPS though.
2: Yes. Very pre-GPS. <laughs> A lot of measurements in the field. Oh. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. It was real hands-on, real hands-on. So, and then, um, more in, in graphics, um, I got into advertising and marketing and, um, kind of progressed from there.
0: So uh, um, what role did fine arts play in your life during this period where you were graphic designer?
2: I actually had a studio in Milwaukee um, in the uh, Third Ward, and I painted. So I, I always was painting. That was my passion. I was trained as an oil painter in, in college. Um, and when I lost my studio, you know, because things happen, I moved and things like that, I didn't lose it. I had to, had to give up the space. Um, I went into acrylics, and that's when I started to explore the world of acrylic painting. And then I lived next to a ceramic studio, and the woman that ran that I actually went to college with. So on weekends, when she did shows, I ran the studio so I could create in clay. So then I created in clay for about four years. So so painting clay, and then I did jewelry, and <laughs> it just morphed from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've always had it in my life. I've always had some sort of fine art um, happening in my life, whether it was clay or metals or painting or just, you know, sketching or drawing. But I've always been in, you know, the art, art arena in some way, shape, or form.
0: Well, can we take a look around your studio? We're here at your studio mm-hmm. in the basement. Mm-hmm. So w- why don't you... Point out some of your favorite parts.
2: Um, I When I had this built out, one of my favorite parts is the supply closet. So you want to walk over there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had this designed especially for my students because this is really my teaching studio. So they can come in here. All the supplies are here for them. Um, it's also my surplus of supplies. So I can come down here and grab what I need. They can grab what they need. I have drying racks. I have tables set up. I have space behind with... Um, that behind that wall where I have flat files so things get stored there so they have an opportunity to move around freely and work um and then I can command the space when they're not here Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is nice Mm -hmm.
0: it looks pretty organized
2: yeah it's my OCD (laughs) I'm the artist that has OCD (laughs) like it's a little messy right now for me
0: (laughs) really this is messy yeah wow it looks pretty organized
2: thanks (laughs) I work hard at that
0: (laughs) don't beat yourself up okay (laughs) What else do we have down here?
2: Um, well, you'll see several pro- projects that my students are working on. There's supply cabinets. Uh, there's a private a restroom for them. Um, again, they have access to anything in the studio. Um, you know, if if I don't have it, I run upstairs to my other studio because that's my private studio upstairs. And if you want to check that out, we can. Yes, please, um, yeah, great, <laughs> and there's a cat running around here, so there's nice. there's there's one down here and three upstairs, so but different art projects I'm working currently on my i have the beholder piece mm-hmm. um that is morphing and changing, and I wake up at three in the morning and go, "I need to change that that is not working so it's gonna. It's it's a it's a work in progress. So I'm yeah. Getting so
0: I have the beholder, which is the May exhibition at Water Street Studios in yes. Batavia.
2: Yes. 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 And I'm excited because it's a fashion piece, and I started in fashion, and I've actually been drawing this piece for about seven years. Wow. Because it was. It's it's morphing off of me not having a TV for over ten years. Okay. So I say You currently don't have a TV. Actually, just got one just this past year due to someone passing but hmm. unfortunately but it's kind of nice I don't have channels I watch movies I'm kind of a movie buff and okay. movie so what and was music's...
0: what was the first thing you watched when you finally got a TV after 10 years
2: um I don't know I think I surfed because I...
0: <laughs> I you're like really... wow look at all this <laughs> stuff and I
2: didn't like most of it so yeah
0: it's mostly garbage
2: it is it's a plug and drug. <laughs> It's a plug and drug. So um, I'm. I have Netflix now.
0: Cool. Well, what's the next stop on our tour?
2: Um, and you can you can see here I have stacks of my work that I'll be in the uh, Fox River Arts Ramble. So a lot of that's going to be going to um, Gallery 1904. Um, one East Benton I'll be showing that Saturday and Sunday next, next weekend and then I have my larger pieces here um, which actually that was at Joby, the big one it's mm-hmm. like a nine foot by whatever and then we're going to go upstairs to my private studio
0: cool let's do it okay.
2: yeah. so this is my private studio this is my private studio and it's just kind of semi got cleaned mm-hmm. my OCD
0: It's still pretty organized yeah. but it's a an organized chaos mm-hmm. to be sure
2: mm-hmm. yes yes my paints are in colors uh, all my paints are like organized by color so yes <laughs> and this room was nothing was done to this room except the floor I wanted to put in one single sheet of vinyl mm-hmm. so there was no seams and easy if I need to replace it or or um... You know, clean it. It's easy to clean. But as you can see, it's 1968 wallpaper, butterflies, <laughs> flowers.
0: <laughs> you could just start randomly painting your walls. You could do a mural or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the mural in the hall. <laughs> I started. Oh, okay. Yeah, we walked by it. I missed that. it. It's kind of crazy. Okay. Yeah, Santa paint on the doors. I mean, like yeah. I always have things going on, so I usually have that easel set up, I need to get a, a large canvas on that, but I'm working on smaller pieces for the ramble and finishing up things. Mm-hmm.
0: If you could describe your, your style, um, you did mention earlier that you do abstract work primarily, mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about that.
2: It's, you know, contemporary abstract, um, it's very fluid, it's very organic. Um, and my paintings range anywhere from 20 to 50 layers. So it's multiple, multiple layers. So you get that translucency. So I do a lot of glazing and things. And sometimes I just start over, you know, in the middle of something with, with a base and then kind of create from there. I, I paint um, intuitively, but then I have to step back and go, okay, where are my design principles? How do these all come into play? Is this working? Have I cut my canvas? Um, is it interesting? Am I engaging the viewer? Um, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. They all kind of take on an organic um, form.
0: Yeah. To someone who is perhaps not as educated in art, such as myself, mm-hmm. it seems to me that the abstract style might be one of the more difficult styles to to access for us new new folks, right? Mm-hmm. Have you had conversations with people in terms of them saying what is this and what am I supposed to do with this?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) When I did shows, especially in Chicago, people walk in and be like, what does that mean? And I'm like, how do you feel? (laughs) I actually put it back on Mm them. I'm a firm believer um, if I get a reaction, it's better than no reaction at all. Um, I paint once a year um, for the unforgettable art, which is for Alzheimer's. And a couple years ago, I had a woman walk around that was a patron coming to the event. You paint live, and then they all go up for auction at the end of the evening. There's 50 artists painting live. It's an incredible event. Um, And she walked around, and my painting stunned her, and she was just like, oh. And I says, thank you. And she looked at me because she thought she offended me, but she really didn't offend me because I got a reaction out of her. That painting stirred something in her that made her very uncomfortable, and it's like that that was that was success for me. So I I'd rather have a reaction than no reaction because then I know I've I've achieved what I need to achieve. It's really like how do you resonate with it? How do you feel? Um what does it say to you? Um are the is it a color thing? Is it appealing? Is there emotion in it? Um my paintings tend to appeal to a lot of men because they think it's like astronomy or underwater so a lot of divers, people that have have, have, have dived, um, they're like, oh, that, you know, reminds me of diving or it's like, you know, they they, you know, love the sky and it's like, that's, that's like, you know, space. So it's, it's interesting. I have this uh, appeal with a, with a um, heavy male crowd with my work, which is interesting because, you know, I think they're very organic and they can be extremely feminine, but yet they have that kind of dark, darkness to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. So now this new stuff that I'm working on is very different. Um, my brother passed; uh, it, it's just over a year now, and um, I couldn't paint for a year. Hmm. So now I'm starting to paint out my dreams and work out things, and it was it's interesting. So the, it's frustrating, but they're coming along. So if things are coming out, which is good. I think it's it's an it's a necessary necessary tool. I need to to use my 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 talent, my paint and you know, get those crazy thoughts out of my head and, you know, kind of find some peace with it.
0: So it seems like when you're creating these abstract pieces, you do have some kind of vision for what you're going for um, visually, emotionally. Is, Is that fair to say?
2: Yes, and um, because I paint intuitively, that doesn't mean I just throw paint on it and, and, oh, that's successful, or, oh, I got it out, it's done. I think when you're an abstract painter, you really have to know design principles. You have to know all of those things that art is about, like values. You have to know composition. You have to know color. You have to know color theory. You have to know balance. You have to know all of those things because when you step back, if you don't keep that viewer engaged and you miss a few of those design principles, it's flat, it's, it's not interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why I'm a firm believer, in when, even when I teach, I teach my students to make sure you keep the viewer engaged. How do you keep that viewer engaged? And that's really knowing a lot of the design principles, because you could have the most beautiful piece... If you don't have those three values, it's it, it'll go flat. It'll flatten out. People will look at it and be like, it's nice, but, and it's something that's missing, and it generally comes down to those design principles. Do you have to hit them all? No. You know, you don't. But if you're successful, at least three to four of them, you'll have a successful piece. And I think finishing it and refining it and making sure it's not sloppy, you know, taking pride in your work.
0: Let's switch gears a little bit, and uh, I'm going to ask you about some other artists in the area. Mm -hmm. In an earlier episode of this podcast, I spoke with Jessica Fincher, Mm -hmm. and she's a big fan of yours.
2: Great. That's wonderful. I'm a big fan of hers, too.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you, who's doing some exciting work in the area lately?
2: Um, I like Cheryl Holtz's new work. Um, I don't know if you know, you know Cheryl Holtz, yeah. yeah.
0: I actually interviewed her as well.
2: Great, great. She, I mean, she's she's a process person. <laughs> she's just like. Wow. <laughs> so I like, I, I actually, you know, she's, she's I, I admire her. I admire her work. I like the fact that she puts so much of herself in her work and her time and energy. Um, Anne Air, she's doing some extremely creative abstracts with oils. And it's neat to see her go from that traditional kind of pastel work to where she's she's at now and I love seeing that growth. I love seeing people change their work and not be afraid to cuz that's that's art. I mean that's creativity. Sometimes you just have to get it out. <laughs> and Jessica, I I'm glad you interviewed her because she was I was teaching at those paint and wine things um and I found her and I said you actually have talent. I says have you ever thought about painting? And she's like, no. And so she actually, the paint, one of the painting stone on the easel is her. She's working on it. So, so she comes, she's back coming to an open studio. So I just, I love her. <laughs> she's come from, you know, wine and painting to creating every week. She, she paints, and, and I just admire people that, that take, take kind of the bull by the horns and says, I'm going to do this and not be afraid.
0: Tell me your thoughts about the Fox River Arts Ramble. This is the second year for this. What do you think in terms of the importance to the local arts community?
2: Um, I think it's wonderful. I like seeing the communities combined. You know, I mean, it's like you know, from, is it start in Elgin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elgin all the way. I mean, how cool is that? Bringing the arts communities together. It's not this city versus that city or that community. Versus, it's it's bringing everyone together and people can go and explore and find other talent and artists and find people that are doing different things and creative things. So I think it's wonderful. I think it, it's just only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy to be participating this year. And I actually invited two other artists to to show with me. So I have a jewelry artist and then one of my other students.
0: And you are going to be, once again, you're displaying at?
2: Um, Gallery 1907, uh, 1 Benton Benton Avenue. It's the old library. Mm -hmm. So I'll be in the the basement gallery area there. Um, That'll be Saturday and Sunday.
0: Let's get some of your information out there. If someone wants to, are you taking new students?
2: Yes, I always take new students. I teach a different class once a month at Blix, so Blix has my schedule. You can reach me at maureenartist.com. That's my website, www.maureenartist.com. Very easy. Um, And I work for the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce also, so you can always reach me there. (laughs) I'm connected to Water Street Studios. A lot of people know me, so if you need to find me, just ask. (laughs) Most people know how to get a hold of me. And um, yeah, I'll be at the Arts Bramble next weekend and then at uh, May 10th at Eye of the Beholder Show. So yes, I'm excited. I'm I'm getting back I'm getting back and an, an activity again, <laughs> so to speak.
0: Maureen, thank you so much for your time.
2: Thank you very much. Greatly appreciated.
0: You may have heard some light cooing in the background, and that's not you going crazy. Those are Maureen's pet birds.
2: Um, they are tangerine ringneck doves, and I've had them. I want to say they might be like twelve or fourteen years old. So, and they make a beautiful cooing sound. Yeah, yeah, they're sure beautiful. Yeah. They are beautiful.
0: Let's let's um, get a little bit of these guys. Do they have names?
2: Um, no. <laughs>
0: All right, Doves. What do you think? It
2: was like Popeye and olive oil, but we weren't sure.
0: (laughs) Many, many thanks to both Cheryl Holtz and Maureen Gasek. You can see them on the Fox River Arts Ramble this weekend, Saturday, April 13th, Sunday, April 14th. Find out more information including all of the artists and organizations participating at FoxRiverArts.com. Thank you to our maestro, Ryan Carney, for his wonderful music. You can find him at WhoIsRyanCarney.com. And there is one more episode coming out before this weekend. I am making the long trip way up north to Elgin, The arts are alive in Elgin, I am here to tell you. And so look for episode number five. I'm Jaime Gutierrez. I'll talk to you soon. Fox Valley Voice.